the blind stares of a million pairs of eyes looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee. Yes, sir. We're back in full effect. It's the All Eyes on Cleveland podcast. Mikey's on the ones and twos. I am your host, Brad Ward. We are here to bring you another edition of the show. The second this week. Tonight, the Houston Texans preview show with a very special guest, NFL great Henry Thomas, 14-year starter in the NFL. At defensive tackle, 93 and a half sacks, the most at that position in NFL history, two-time Pro Bowler and All-Pro. Uh, he is now the co-host of the Believe in Texans podcast and the HD show with Bitter Mike getting his podcast game on Henry Thomas. NFL great will join us uh, as he spent 14 years in the league. We'll ask him about his experience in the league and, most importantly, the matchup with the Texans this weekend. It's a big one. It's a huge one. The Browns got to have it. If they make their playoff push, it starts right here. You start getting excited. Oh, baby. Feels so good to be back for a second time this week. If you missed the first show this week, it's a must-listen. Go back and listen to Jake Burns of the OBR. Break down everything Browns now and in the future. For up to an hour, he was so gracious with his time. It is a spectacular episode uh, you will be smarter and a better Browns fan for listening to it, I promise. All Eyes on Cleveland is a podcast where we do interview the top personalities in the Cleveland sports and national sports landscape discussing the pressing issues that face your Cleveland Browns. Tonight we will do just that with an NFL great Henry Thomas uh, tonight. So we're going to get into all of that. Plus more as we have news tonight on the show. Mikey, go ahead and kill that. Mikey doing his things on the uh, ones and twos as usual. Uh, Back there hitting the buttons behind the glass. Uh, We're getting everything fired up for the, uh, you know, live stream TV, not TV, uh, you know, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope simulcast kickoff, uh, which, you know, is still uh, fluid, a fluid situation, but I would like to venture probably next week we get the first episode out like that. 
you know, trying to work, you know, some guests are more favorable to phone calls, some are more favorable to Skype. Uh, and so you've got to work or, or, you know, any of those other platforms like Skype. Um, so it, it's you got to work all that out first. You've got all of the equipment, the wires, the screens, monitors, everything in the room. Uh, going through some music now, because unfortunately, those of you that love the intro music here, obviously, I can't use Tupac and George Clinton on YouTube. They'll take it down. So I'm going to have to uh, transition to something uh, there that we can either purchase for a small price or free uh, for music-wise. But, you know, going through all of that music is quite a chore. The good, the bad, the ugly, all there of your options when it comes to that music uh, that you can select from. I believe I found a few that we will like. We're working on an intro there. Lots going on. Lots of work in progress for that. I hope you love it. Those of you that are fans of the show, because we're putting some work in on that, um, for sure. Stick with us. Patience. It'll come. It'll be here. I think you'll like it a lot. Tonight's show features our guest, and we're going to talk about the Texans and the Browns. Browns playing host to the Texans in First Energy Stadium. The Texans are a team that is better than their record says they are. They played the Tennessee Titans very close. They've got two wins, both over the Jaguars. However, that is deceiving as well, as Deshaun Watson is having a career year on pace to break all of his career records and uh, have the best year of his career, which is strange when you think about it. If you've got a quarterback having a career, you usually think that that would lead to that team being very successful and doing very well, which in this case, they haven't had a lot of success so far. A lot of that, you know, they had some malcontent, Stuff going on uh, behind the scenes in the locker room. Uh, we talk a little bit about that with Henry here. Uh, and, of course, you know, the firing of Bill O'Brien. We talk to him about how attractive the job appears as uh, Easter B, longtime uh, Patriots personnel guy, has come in to uh, take the interim GM job over. They fired a PR person today. Uh, that was very beloved because players are out on Twitter, including J.J. Watt, complaining about that. Uh, do they go into rebuild mode from here? I don't know, but I know they have a lot of talent, and that's the problem, is they have talent. Their defense has struggled, but there's talent there. There's still talent on the defensive side of the ball. J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, uh, Hargraves has struggled, had a tough time. Bradley Roby, they've got players over there. Uh, you'll hear uh, our interview uh, with Henry. He mentions a linebacker to keep an eye on. He thinks is a rising uh, star. So these are all important things to keep your eyes on. As this, I don't. I see this being a very close game throughout, and le- and the game script is going to matter a lot. You know, Brown's got to get out to an early lead so they can rely on the run and run their stuff. They fall behind early to this team. That could be problematic, I think, for the Browns. I see a very close game. I think the Browns do win. Um, I think they do cover 
just barely the three and a half points, which is where it's at now. Uh, moved from three to three and a half since opening, if that tells you anything, a half a point, not much. Uh, I thought the spread would be a little bit bigger, honestly, to open, but uh, considering you get a couple points nowadays with the, it's harder to tell nowadays with coronavirus, COVID, and the lack of fans in the stands and home field advantage, how many of those points are for home field advantage? In a normal year, just being home gets you three uh, in spread from Vegas. So that three would say, hey, that's a pick them in a neutral site normally. So, which is why I kind of said, eh, looked at that a little funny. I think the Browns win. I think it's a tough one, though. I do think it's a tough one. And what they do with this defense as we talked about it a lot last show, will be very, very, very important to watch her Joe Woods interview. Uh, It doesn't sound like any personnel changes as far as, like, getting Andrew Sandejo off the field is going to happen. All reports sound like he is still going to be back there. Uh, Now, will they work in that dime uh, look? That, that he wants to play where he gets Carl Joseph on the field as a third safety? I don't know. It's a good question. But he's got to do something different. You know, manufacture a little pressure, a little more creativity. These are things we talked about in the last show a lot um, with Jake Burns, and that's a must-listen. So go back and hit that up. Without any further ado, I just want to give you some quick news. Uh, first of all, Thrive Fantasy app is our sponsor. Uh, you want to go to Thrive Fantasy app. You can play prop bets there. Use the promo code EYEZ as in eyes to sign up today. You'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Don't worry about the pros making 150 different lineups like you can on DraftKings and fantasy, uh, other fantasy uh, Daily Fantasy apps, this one, they can't do that. It's prop bets. You pick the ones you like, you get points for the longer the odds they are, and you win cold hard cash. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. I would like to announce our second sponsor. Uh, second sponsor as we move forward here is betonline.ag. I've been doing work with the man over there for a long time who sends me interesting odds here and there, and we reached out, we've made a connection, and and we are now uh, sponsored by betonline.ag. I've got all their lines for the games. We're going to do a little around the NFL segment when we come back from the interview with the NFL great Henry Thomas. Uh, co-host of Believe in Texans podcast. Without any further ado, I'd like you to get you that interview. It's fantastic. Once again, he was a 14-year NFL starter. 93 and a half sacks. This guy was unreal. No joke. Played for the Vikings, the Lions, and the Patriots from 87 to 2000. Uh, incredible. Uh, get here for the show, and he's got an amazing personality and an awesome interview. So uh, I won't hype him up anymore. I'll just deliver the interview. So here we go. Henry Thomas here on All Eyes on Cleveland. 
We are absolutely thrilled on All Eyes on Cleveland today uh, to have a very, very special guest for our Houston Texans preview. His name is Henry Thomas. He is a two-time pro bowler, an all-pro NFL grade starter for 14 years in the NFL, now co-host of the Believe in Texans podcast, as well as the HD show with Bitter Mike. Henry, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, it's, it's quite a thrill, actually. Uh, I was looking over some of your stuff, Henry. You played for three teams in the NFL, 93 and a half sacks. Uh, that's some incredible numbers, sir. Yeah, you know, that's what they tell me, especially from the nose tackle position. You know, it's, it's a difficult position to get uh, sacks from, but I've been very fortunate to play with some excellent, outstanding guys that I – had an opportunity to help develop and 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 just watch him blossom. That really made it a uh, a little bit easier for me to get that many sacks. So so let me. Uh, I want to ask you just you know as a former NFL or a former NFL great. I want to ask you a few questions before we get into the Texans and Browns. Just kind of about uh, some things about your career. We're in some weird times in the NFL right now. COVID, um, the shortened off season. The rules have changed so much in the benefit of the offense. Uh, do you have thoughts on that stuff? Are you really against the way the game has changed so much? Like, they just, they just, it's so much for the offense now every week. I mean, you can't even hit, you know, touch the quarterback in the head, you know? Well, I'm not per se against it. I understand and uh, see the evolution of the game. <clears throat> And with the the emphasis on trying to protect players, right? And with the players, you know, they're bigger, they're faster. I mean, I'm if you take what I did as a nose tackle and put it up against any of them, the linemen today, I'm 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 nothing because they're so much bigger and so much faster and athletic. Because um, you know, it was so long ago that I played, I'm not. I, I'm like everyone else trying to um, accept the the new rules and the the way it is for the defensive guy, especially in, when it comes to hitting the quarterback. Because when I played, that was a reward to get a lick on the quarterback. Oh, you're right. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. And uh, I, I commend the NFL on um, developing a conscience and – um, understanding the the safety that it takes for the the for what the guys put their bodies through to present such a phenomenal product, and then the NFL as a whole saying, "Let's protect these guys. Let's try to do something to protect it, and try not to take so much away from the game." Yeah, and um, they, they they're, they're taking great steps to to try to make that happen, and I commend them. I mean, even with um, I mean, I don't know what I would have been able to do as a player, say we had a pandemic. Right. That's going to be my hard. next question. Yeah, it's hard for me to understand or even fathom what all goes into a week of preparation with this pandemic that hangs over the entire world's head. Yes. And for the players, it's got to be difficult to be able to, to – navigate that and still play at the at a really high level that we're seeing uh today 
it, it's actually quite incredible that they are able to keep the level of play up so high and uh, keep entertaining us every Sunday, Thursday, Monday, right? So exactly. The, the, the thing that's, that I find really intriguing and I wanted to ask you about is it's almost like they've taken away so much of what you can do on a week-to-week basis as a team. Uh, it's almost like a series of walkthroughs throughout the week. It's like, the injuries are are, are so high because of the lack of uh, an off season mixed with the, with the coronavirus. It, it's just very, very. Uh, I feel like you have to uh, be very delicate with your football team these days. Well, the thing about it is, it's um, you got to put a lot of the earnest on that on the players because when it came to uh, negotiating a bargaining agreement, yeah, and I understand it and I get it, but a huge emphasis was put on practice time, this time. Those things are crucial. I, I, I agree with a lot of it. Some of it can be cut down, but I think they took so much of it because my advice when they were doing the negotiation and a few people asked me, all the NFL players have one thing in common. You're all going to be retired or ex-NFL players. Yep. Think about the future of those guys after the game. Interesting. Because I just saw um, uh, Mikowski, um, uh, Magic from uh, Green Bay. I played with him in Detroit. With, uh, a tweet that his wife had put out, she had dropped him off for his – 23rd surgery. I saw that as well on your timeline. I was yes. shocked by that. Exactly. And that so many guys have gone into that. And a lot of guys after the NFL that has to, you know, I, I was blessed, super fortunate. Uh, I started for 14 years and I missed a total of seven games. That's incredible. And That's I, truly incredible. And I was truly blessed. And and back when we when I played, it was, you know, you, you know what the nutrition was. Uh, you're overweight this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was no, uh, and and it just it 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 goes hand in hand with the evolution of the game when yeah. they, you know, to take such good care of your body. But um, guys in the past that have gone through those things. Um, I think in the next collective bargaining agreement, when they're sitting down talking about it, they should put more emphasis on those guys from the past. I mean, because you can add up all of my contracts I've ever had, and they won't e- equate to one contract of 98% of the guys that are playing. Right. That are playing. And, uh, you know, to be able to give back to those guys that have, that helped build such a great product. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's a wonderful. It, it should be a, a high priority in the next bargaining agreement. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Um, you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland with NFL great uh, defensive tackle Henry Thomas. Uh, he played uh, for the uh, Vikings, the Lions, and the Patriots uh, from 1987 to the year. 2000, almost the uh, span of my early life there. I was graduating in 2000. Uh, so you were in the league for a long time, Henry, uh, doing it at a high level, 
started with 14 years. It's a really incredible career that you had. Um, a couple questions on things that uh, are just kind of a, a point of emphasis here as we move forward with the NFL. They're going to uh, – where do you come out with preseason games? So, you know, this year, of course, they, they put the XNA on all of them, said screw it, right? You know, we can't – you know, and the players were really pushing for that because of the, the, the COVID and the, the lack of time they had to prepare – but I get the feeling from some players, and I've actually talked to some players that say, that have been on the show here with me, that say, hey, man, I didn't need the preseason. But other people have said, that's crazy, you need the preseason. Where do you come out on that, Henry? The, uh, the preseason is a necessity, yeah. especially for your young guys, the guys that you want to get a gauge on how they're going to react when it's, when it turns on and it's live and it's a different guy across, not that guy you've been kind of hanging out with, bonding with, week at, you know, day after day in training camp. Yes. Somebody new, somebody that you have to actually put what you've been practicing in the practice where you have to say, okay, is he pulling? Is he trapping me? You know, you have to actually see that. And it's great for the young guys because – for some teams or for some young guys that come in, the NFL football is another speed that they have to get accustomed to, get learn to learn how to read at that greater level. Most definitely. And with older guys, you still need it for them just to knock a little rust off. Yeah. You know, we didn't have OTAs when I we had four weeks of training camp, and then this season started. And two you know, days. We had two days, right? We had two days. I mean, training camps now are over in 14 days. And I had yeah. said in the past, I was like, hell, we had 11 days or two days before we had our first night off. Right. <laughs> so um, it, it, I think it's a, it's a necessary evil that um, should not be thrown away. Cut it down if you like. Take it from four games to three. Okay, great. Okay. But it it's a necessity. Like I I believe training camps is a necessity just for the muscle memories, the ability to have your body accustomed to the hitting and the speed of the game. No question. Uh, I, the the amount of injuries this year are just astronomical Henry and soft tissue injuries especially and I got to think that it's a product of uh, the lack of time that, that guys had to ramp up and get their bodies ready before the season started. Oh absolutely absolutely and when the training camps in the uh, the past few years I've always said the season didn't really get going for me where I thought the the product was great until week five or six when they were accustomed to getting banged around at a high level and really hit. Because in practice, you hit, but you're not trying to really hit anybody. You want to make the play and move yeah. on because that's your teammate. Yeah. Yeah, but in the, yeah. Yeah, in the game, you know, it's all out. You're, throwing, you're, you're going to put your body all out to stop that guy or to gain that extra yard that you won't do in practice. Yep, no question. And you need – you need those times to get the body accustomed to it. Muscle memory is a unbelievable thing. Be able to go out and do it and have it come right back to you while you're out playing. 
but you need that that kind of stress on the muscles so you don't have that strained hamstring. Now he's hindered for two weeks because it's a strain. You might strain it in training camp, but it's it's getting stronger as you rehab it. Now you come in, you don't have that issue as, you know, has an abrupt issue so much, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. Yeah, there's no question. Soft tissue injuries have been just crazy. Just they pile up every team, uh, including the Browns. I'm sure the Texans have had many, and it, and they and they kind of linger too. You get guys back for a week, and then they're out for a week. So it's tough. It's been a tough year that way. You look at like teams like the Eagles, who have just been absolutely dismantled by injuries. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So uh, the other only other que- the other question I wanted to ask about Henry, as far as like timing and, and kind of a, a point of emphasis that I've heard other people, other guys, players complain about more of in the modern era of the NFL. Not that you didn't play in the modern era, but you know, twenty years right. later, right? Um, but so Thursday night football, right? Is that too right. short of a week? I mean, if you're going to say. On one hand, we're going to protect the players with this, that, this, no, you know, no high hits, no low hits, you know, helmet to helmet. We're going to protect everything uh, that way. Then shouldn't you, uh, then shouldn't Thursday night football be um, uh, not a thing? Isn't that short week a problem and dangerous for players, or do you not feel that way? Well, I think it. I think it is a, a danger for players. It is a short week, um, and. Thursday night football was coming around towards the end of my career, I believe. Okay. And it wasn't every week. Yeah. You know, it was like a... Uh, second half of the season, I think. Second half of the season, something that was like like a, a, a extra gift for the fans that you went out and yep. played. Thir- but it wasn't an every week thing. And I think, in my opinion, that the the NFL got a little spoiled by by being because it's just it's not every week it was just here and there in the second half of the season and everybody clamored to see it yeah and they said oh let's do it every week and now it's not I, I don't I don't think it's 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 the draw that it was then yeah and it ends up oftentimes as we have seen this year certainly you end up seeing a pretty a, a bad product sometimes on Thursday night football, just because teams aren't ready. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So you, you hate to see the game suffer anyway that way, but Hey, you know, the guys at uh, the sports books, they love it. They get some action on a You know, I'm sure right. they make a good deal of money on a, you know, prime, the extra prime time game every week. Um, speaking of Thursday night football, Henry tonight, the Texans are hosting, um, who are the Texans hosting? No. They are hosting the Indianapolis Colts, which is a divisional matchup. Uh, the Titans, the Texans, right? So it, it's the, the Titans, correct? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's at it's in Tennessee. Colts at Titans, uh, and that's uh, that's a divisional matchup for uh, the Texans, right? In the AFC South, there. So, uh, do you have uh, uh, do you like one of those teams better than the other? Well. I'm definitely a Texans guy because I live here in Houston, and I want to see them do well. And I, I've, based on the way they played last year, the Texans against tight. I mean, the last uh, outing this year, the Texans put up a 
a really incredible game against the Titans and uh, just couldn't stop them in that last drive to go on and uh, and win. I mean, they did all they could offensively. Defensively, the Texans are very, at the linebacker position and the secondary position, they're not very strong. They're not the the talent level, I don't think, is up to par. I mean, the coaching for them has to be extensive for them to play an adequate game to stop someone. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the past, in the, this past year, it's shown to be one of the main weak points of our team. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So as if we look towards Sunday, right? So we've got Browns hosting your Texans, right? And the right. Texans, you know, Henry, uh, they've won the AFC South four out of the last five years, went into the AFC Divisional Round last year with a, a playoff victory and had a 24-point lead on the Chiefs. So things were really looking up coming into this year. Now, you know, a lot of people, well, and then me as kind of one, kind of say, yep, that success is great, but kind of looking out of the side of my Side of my eye at uh, Bill O'Brien, like you know, I don't know what he's doing, but uh, they exactly. look good. Uh, so. Well, with the with the uh, departure of one of the elite receivers in the league, yes. For I don't know, I don't even think we got a bag of donuts. I think we got two donuts and uh, two donut holes for him. Yes. Uh, and uh, the way the team was. Uh, being uh, directed didn't seem right, and I think it was really a, a, a ballsy move and a much-needed move to get rid of him. I mean, unfortunately, it, it happened during the season, but a lot of times teams bounce back from that because it, it it just got to the point where he had he didn't have the locker room, and if you don't have the locker room, you're not the head coach. Yep. Yeah, and uh... – a lot of uh, it sounded like a lot of uh, malcontent uh, stuff going on in the locker room at that point before he was gone. Uh, has the team gotten a, a kind of a jolt since Romeo Cornell has taken over? Well, yeah, I mean they've won two of their last what three or four games. Okay. Uh, under under Romeo, granted they're both against the. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags, yeah. Yeah, but they put up a great um, showing against Tennessee. They should have won that game. Right. Um, uh, they explosive on offense. They can score points. We we don't. Um, we have Will Fuller, who's emerging as a number one uh, receiver, but he has to be for this team because we don't have very many other guys. I mean, we have Hook and. Uh, a, uh, Good Lord, no, I just just drew a blank. Uh, we have Fuller, Cooks, um, Fells, our tight ends, need to step up this week. Uh, Cobb, early Cobb, on yeah. when Bill O'Brien was gone, it seemed like they were trying to make him a featured guy, but um, it seems like he is kind of falling back to just being a number two or number three receiver, but Will Fuller has been doing week in and week out. He has been there, and which is really surprising because in his first four years, I mean, he hadn't finished the season because of injuries. But he's come back a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and is really working hard, especially after 
the news of Deshaun being gone. He's been he's worked really hard to be that number one um, re- uh, receiver for Deshaun Watson. Who, but I mean, when you look at the offense, that guy sparkles no matter what. He doesn't. In- he does an incredible job. He's more of an escape artist than anything of getting out of a tough situation and finding the open man. And um, with that, and hopefully uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward for uh, Duke Johnson to go back to Cleveland and, and show his wares of, hey, you guys shouldn't have let me go and have a great game as well. Revenge narrative there. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Definitely revenge game there for Duke. And he, it looks like you may get the start. Is that correct? That's correct uh, because uh, the, uh, David Johnson has been uh, nicked up. And yeah. uh, so hopefully he'll get the start. And I, I think he brings more to the backfield. I think he has better feet. He's a, a quicker, more explosive hitting hitting the holes than um, David Johnson. And uh, I'm look, I've been a, a, a huge advocate for him to be – Get more touches in the game, and uh, this game should should be really interesting to see him show uh, Cleveland what they're missed out on. Yeah, for sure. Duke Johnson was a guy that was here. Well, there's a couple of history things we can talk about. So Duke Johnson here between the the Texans and the Browns. I'll, I'll go over this one, and then I want to talk about Deshaun and the 17 draft because that I'm sure sticks in his mind still. Um, but the uh, Duke Johnson was a very, very good, probably the best player on two of the worst football teams I've ever seen. So the Browns, when they went winless and when they got one win with Hugh Jackson back-to-back years, as they were just the worst team I've ever seen. But Duke Johnson was excellent both of those years. However, as the team started to get better, he saw his touches diminish and his role diminish a little and it got very upset. And I understand that. But at the same time, uh, you know, he he kind of uh, garnered, and people in Cleveland loved him. People in Cleveland were on his side 100%. They wanted him to get more touches. They just felt like coaching staff wasn't using him the right way. And they had you can make a good case for that, for sure, that he wasn't being used properly in Cleveland uh, under Freddie Kitchens, under uh, Hugh Jackson. So either guy, uh, under Todd Haley, none of them really used him the right way, which in my opinion is out of the backfield. And you can hand it to him too, probably five, ten times a game as well. It's kind of a change of pace back to maybe your main back and, and then him catching the ball. He's an excellent receiver. So, you know, he uh, he got upset. Uh, and I understand that and, and why, because he wasn't getting any touches and, uh, so that's kind of the story there behind Duke, and and you know the whole thing with Baker, kind of, uh, you know, he spoke out uh, before he probably should have, uh, talking about somebody else's money, and that's kind of a big no-no. And then, you know, some guys in the locker room had to pull him to the side and say, hey, you don't talk about another guy's money, you know, or his contract situation, as he was kind of like either you're with us or against us, which is as a fan, you're kind of like hell yeah, right, you know, <laughs> right but as a uh, as a player, I understand that would be completely different, right? Uh, the other intriguing storyline here, Henry, that I want to ask you about, and now Deshaun Watson, and, and there's an ultimate, there's an overlying question here that I'm going to get to, so bear with me. Deshaun Watson, uh, in the 17 draft, was sitting there at number 12 to be had for the Cleveland Browns, right? And they traded out of that spot 
um, and uh, ended up taking Jabril Peppers, which ended up leaving town in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. And then they took uh, Denzel Ward, who will play in the game on Sunday as the Browns' best corner. But um, still, huge, you know, huge miss by the Browns, right? Uh Massive miss, right? Because Deshaun Watson is fantastic. He is on pace for career career highs uh, in record numbers. He's got incredible, you know, Receivers around him, Will Fuller, six touchdowns in the last six games. Brandon Cooks is playing great. Uh, we know how good Darren Fells can be. We saw that in Cleveland um, before he went to, to the Texans, and that's a guy I wish we never let go because he just, oh, he just catches touchdowns, man. And, right. and, you know, Watson has been spectacular this year. How can their offense and Watson be so good and their team only be two and six? Well, that's only half the team we're talking about. We still got to <laughs> we got to stop the other guys, you know. And we, and I alluded to it earlier. Um, our second our secondary is is not the strongest. Our linebacker core has been plagued with injuries. Uh, hopefully, we're we'll, we're gonna get um, McKinney back this week. Um, merciless, uh, merciless is is not on the COVID list. Uh, I think we got some uh, – our, 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 uh, kind of like I said, Cunningham has stepped up and played really well, and we've gotten uh, just a, a, a amazing surprise. When you have this kind of uh, injuries and, and a team that is looking for an identity, you find gems and uh, Terrell Adams last year – I mean last week just had an incredible game. I mean, I think he's – had like maybe 10 or 11 tackles, uh, was all over the field, and it's great to find those guys. And when you find guys like that, it pushes your other guys who are coming off injuries that are coming back. They want to continue to to be that that guy that's the starting guy. But you have a guy like this that can come in and fill in. It's just wonderful to see. And I think that our linebacker core is going to be healthy. And once they get the communication between the secondary linebackers and defensive line together. I mean, can you name another defensive lineman on the on the Texans other than JJ Watt? Uh I, I can't. I mean I I, I just know that uh, well I know P J Hall is uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> and uh I think uh, I know they're a linebacking court. Now Terrell Terrell Adams I'm not real familiar with, so that's the name I wrote down here when you mentioned that so somebody to watch on Sunday is you kind of think is potentially like a rising star, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I love what he did last week, and he was all over the field, and he played with such passion that it stood out in my mind. Interesting. Very good. So, yeah, so they've had a tough time stopping the run or stopping the pass. And to be honest, Henry, you know, that's a mirror of the Browns. The Browns' defense, uh, has been terrible the last uh, two weeks. They have been unable to get off the field on third downs. They have poor linebacking. Uh, they, you know, they have Denzel Ward in the uh, in in their back uh, in their secondary. Uh, their front four is is good, but uh, mainly it's Miles Garrett, right? Mainly they try to extend drives, make teams work the ball down the field until. Miles Garrett can make something happen. I mean, that's really kind of been their game plan. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the Bengals just absolutely carved him up with Joe Burrow. And then last week, uh, 
you know, uh, or before the bye, pardon me, uh, they couldn't get off the field against the Raiders. Their car, and they got pushed around in the run game. So certainly I'm expecting Deshaun to have a big game. I think this could turn into a bit of a shootout with two poor defenses. Well, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm thinking that it's going to turn out to be a shootout and uh, with our defense stepping up at the right time, setting you guys down just enough for us to for the clock to run out with us with more points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very possible. I'll tell you what, you know, the Browns are fiery, right? And uh, they, we haven't been to the playoffs in a long time, but they are lo- we are looking at in Cleveland and in, within the organization, I know they are looking at this game as a huge, huge game. Coming off the bye week after losing to the Raiders, they got they got leapfrogged on their bye week uh, from being in playoff position to not anymore um, because some teams won that that hurt them. This is a must win almost for the Browns. The Browns need to win against the teams that they that they feel, or at least the Browns feel they should beat. So when you look at the Texans on paper and you see two and six, I say to myself, Henry, this is a football team that's much better than their record shows. Would that be accurate? No, absolutely accurate. Um, that, Like I said, there's some spots that they're trying to to, to uh, show up and, and uh, get some concrete players in. But uh, with the linebacker core being healthy, coming back, I'm looking for some big things. I mean, they got a, a huge uh, support uh, from the, the fan base here. They played really well. Won the game in Jacksonville. Should have beaten Tennessee, who is a just a absolute juggernaut. And they have confidence in their plan, and they're gonna, you know. And I, I tweeted out today to the fans: uh, the Texans are not mathematically out of it yet. So let's keep fighting. And uh, I think you're gonna see something because uh, those guys are they want to win, and they they enjoy playing and working for. Romeo and and it shows week in and week out. Yeah, and it'll be interesting too. I know that um, you know the Browns are getting Nick Chubb back and they're getting their their guard back, starting guard White Teller, who has been exceptional this year, kind of out of nowhere. And and the Browns hang their hat on their run game, right? So you know I would expect to see them try to run the ball a ton on the Texans. Uh, with Chubb and mixing in Kareem Hunt. Uh, do you think that they'll be able to have success doing that, or do you think that this is something that is trending towards Texas getting better at stopping the run? Uh, well, I I feel like if the game is close, they'll be able to do that. But if the Texans, I mean, if the Texans offense go out and put points up early and move the ball, I think they're going to abandon that and try to stay uh, close with the Texans uh, score-wise so that later in the game. um, But if the Texans stall early, then Cleveland will have the opportunity to run the ball and and establish the run against um, our defense. You make a great point there, Henry, that the the game script and the way that the first quarter goes in this game, the way the game script goes will be huge. Uh, The Browns are at their best when the game is even or they are ahead and they don't play well from behind because they're forced to pass the ball and get away from that run. The Texans can jump out to some early points, uh, certainly 
that game script benefits the Texans and vice versa for the Browns. I think it will be a good one. I think it will be a close game. Uh, the Browns are three-point favorites. Uh, I think you, you sound like you think the Texans are going to win, huh? Oh yeah, I'm all for for the Texans winning. I think they're gonna they're gonna eke out a win in this one and uh, and continue to grow in confidence and and move on and and have a a decent. Uh, we're, I'm at this point. There's not much you can hope for, but but watching the way the team plays compared to week two and three, when it felt like okay, these guys aren't you know the the energy's not there, and then Bill's gone, and then they come back out. And then you see it, the, the passion that they're playing with. I think um, uh, the way that people are underestimating them, and uh, they're going to use that to their advantage and, uh, and try to eke out some wins here. Yeah, I see that as well. I see them as a team that is scary to play and don't let the record fool you. There's a lot of talent out there for sure. Um, I will wrap it up here. Henry, you've been fantastic. Uh, uh, thank you for your time so much for coming on our uh, podcast here, All Eyes on Cleveland. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, Henry is a two-time pro, uh, all-pro NFL great, started for 14 years in the league. He helps, uh, he co-hosts the Believe in Texans podcast and a co-host on the HD show with Bitter Mike. So check both of those out. I am already a subscriber to the Believe in Texas podcast. I'm subscribed to the other one. I listened to him and Fred on the Texans uh, podcast. Extremely entertaining stuff, Henry. You guys are great. You guys had me laughing pretty hard talking about uh, uh, Easterby the other night. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got we 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 get onto some tantrums there, and uh, we have a good time with it. Uh, we try to inform, entertain, and uh, tickle a funny bone or two when we're doing it. Yeah, for sure. I was laughing pretty hard about you guys forward in the the phone calls of it late at night from people to the uh, to the security team. Uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, that was good stuff. So I recommend that show uh, definitely. And while you're there uh, subscribing, uh, surely leave them a nice review as well. Um, so final question here for you, uh, Henry, uh, is I've very much enjoyed our uh, interview, and hopefully maybe we can do it again down the line sometime. But uh, uh, future of the Texans, General manager and head coaching job. To me, this is a really attractive job. Um, not so much to me. Not so much. Okay, why? Why do you say that? Well, um, the the prior guy that was running it has really destroyed the future with you not having a first or second round pick. Okay. Come, coming into the next the next uh, season, you don't have a first or second round pick. You have to do your due diligence to find that diamond in the rush in the rough in the third and fourth rounds. I don't and that makes sense. And that makes a lot of sense. Here's what here's what I would say. Deshaun Watson underlined five times and Breitmarker is <laughs> a stud and he is your franchise, face of your franchise quarterback who can probably, in my opinion, win a couple Super Bowls in his career is already in place. So I don't care so much about those first-round picks because you've got the guy already. Well, he's one piece. Um, J.J.'s already uh, stated in uh, previous uh, conferences that uh, 
he feels like he has three or four good more uh uh three or four more good years in him and he's not interested in a rebuild. Yeah. yeah. So being a former player, I heard you can trade me if you want, I'm all right with that. <laughs> I wanna go somewhere <laughs> where where we can win. Right. You know. So uh having Deshaun in place is a is a huge plus. But uh I see a upper echelon coach, somebody that's high on the list of new coaches coming out, really not setting this as a high um I mean, you still covet the job. You want the job, it's still a great job. But if if you have choices of where to go, you want to go to those places where you can get those picks to build that team. Now that's you have capital, to yeah. Yeah, now you have to find those guys to bring in to that somebody's overlooked and bring them in to compliment Deshaun and what he does. You have to build a, a defensive line because, like I said before, we got J.J. and, I mean, because I live here, I know the other guys, but I'm just, you know, you need guys to complement that as well. So it, it's really a, a building time for them. Uh, you'd like to see it happen sooner than later. But um, it is what it is, and uh, I don't. I, I know as a head coach, you want to go out there and give it your all. But if you have options, I think you weigh your options of where you can build a really good team. Interesting. And, so, so you see them going more into a rebuild mode here? Uh, I, I don't see them doing much more. I mean, that's what you have to do. I mean, yeah. this, this team is like I said earlier, and you, you've uh, alluded to. They're gonna they're gonna win some games. They're gonna beat some people that no one's expecting them to beat. Cause I mean they put a shocker on on the Titans and they know it, yeah. and they're feeling it. But there's still a lot of pieces that need to be in place that you have to add and uh, and and enhance defensive line, uh, secondary. We have to you know get that going. Um, some guys on the offensive line can be replaced, but has a unit. They are starting to work really well together, and that's what's, you know, that's what's what's keeping us in the game. And I just think they will be in a rebuilding mode because, I mean, who wouldn't want to rebuild? Start rebuilding. You got to get a new general manager. There's your start. Yeah. Uh, we fired. Um, there's been. Uh, all over the news and Twitter and everything, they fired the VP of communications. Yeah. And I saw, I saw that today, and uh, some of the players were upset. I read uh, JJ was upset and everything. Right, and you know, and I I read those things, and it's like, oh, she won't be out of work long. And I was, and for me, I I don't know. I guess you know she won the Pete Roselle best. Yep. Yeah, I saw that and, as well. And I asked, and you know, when we we made a, a amendment to the uh, Texan podcast, and I asked the question, "Is that a very coveted award? I mean, does do people strive for that? Because I didn't hear, I haven't heard of it. But yeah. you got rid of a PR person, and I got players upset about it. Yeah, you know, let's yeah. get to the let's get to the business of playing the game, and the PR part. That's 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 totally different it's interesting but it's a part of in my uh understanding or the way i look at it does 
we're starting to clean house. We're starting to rebuild. We got rid of the general manager, the head coach, PR person. Here we go. Let's get, you know, that's what I, that's the way I saw it. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it, it feels that way a little bit, certainly. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a really good game on Sunday, uh, and it uh, should be an entertaining game, certainly. Um, Brown's coming off a bye week. Uh, we're hoping for some some changes uh, on the defensive side of the ball that help a little bit. Maybe uh, some things discovered on the self-scout week there. But uh, And, and uh, obviously, uh, Deshaun Watson will be quite entertaining. And uh, Will Fuller and, and Brandon Cooks, and uh, their pass game is elite. So it should be a fun one. Henry, you've been fantastic and a great sport for coming on the show. Henry Thomas, uh, a 14-year NFL starter. Uh, he's a all-pro uh, and NFL great co-host of the Believe in Texans podcast and uh, the HD show with Bitter Mike. Go check both of those out. I'm sure they can be found where all popular podcasts are found. Uh, 93 and a half sacks. This guy's the real deal. Played for the Vikings, the Lions, and the Patriots. What were your favorite years? Yeah, uh all of them. <laughs> yeah, there. You don't. You don't separate them once you retire. You just look back at it and say, "What a fun trip it was! What a what a great time!" And my uh, my final uh, predictions for the game: uh, yes. thirty-four twenty-eight Texans. Ooh, sounds like a good one. Sounds like a good one. Sounds All like right. a good one. All right, man. Henry, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, and hopefully we can do it again. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thank you much. All right. Bye now. That was Henry Thomas of the Believe in Texans podcast of uh, shout out to uh, the Believe podcasts. Uh, They are uh, hooking us up this year. They hooked us up with Ike Taylor, now Henry Thomas. So some NFL players to come on uh, and talk about the opponents of the Browns on game weeks and Henry did not disappoint. He was fantastic. Uh, very funny guy. Entertaining. Uh, knows his stuff. And perfect for the Texans edition of the show. Uh, as we look forward to that game. couple keys here. Uh, as I mentioned before. Mikey, go ahead and kill that. As I mentioned before, um, the game script is going to be key, and we talked about it at the end there. Really, the the way the Browns start this game will be huge. Coming off a of bye week, you expect them to be on point coming out. And to put points on the board first, I'd almost take the ball 
if you won the coin toss here because I think you want to get Chubb in the game, get his feel back, and try to run it right down their throats. Try to enforce your will uh, on these guys kind of the way the Raiders did to us, I think would be a, a, a smart approach to things uh, to try to get out in front. The more you get out in front, um, then the more predictable they become. You're going to have, it's going to be a long day versus Watson. When on defense, Garrett and Claiborne and OV and Porter Gustin have to stay disciplined when rushing up the field. You just can't rush past Watson while trying to make that bend. As he will step right up in the pocket and take those lanes for 5, 7, 10, 15, 20, sometimes 25, 30 yards. He'll step right up there and take that yardage. So you have to stay disciplined in trying to keep him in the pocket. It's uh, it's uh, not to the level of, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson because he is a more willing passer, Watson, is from the pocket, but he will – he's unbelievable at manipulating the play long enough to find a man. And the amount of zone – and cover three that the Browns are on, he should or will extend the play long enough to find a hole in the zone and look this way and look that way. He's very cerebral. He's much more cerebral than most people give him credit for. He will look people off and and manipulate those zones to finding a guy. There are times where their offense is just him making a play, and he will do that all day on you if you're not careful. Brown's got to find a way to get off the field, got to find a way to bring pressure up the middle. They have good tackles, but the inside of their offensive line is their weak spot, and if you can get maybe a Ogan Joby, Sheldon Richardson good day, uh, and I would bring any blitz up the middle, force him to the outside. Don't run past him on the outside lanes and, and give up that that outside uh, leverage because he will step up and take those lanes for yardage. It's going to be important for those guys to be disciplined there. That's a, a huge factor in the game in my eyes. Let's take a look since our new uh, sponsor tonight, uh, betonline.ag. Uh, you can go there and use the promo code N-E-W-B-O-L uh, when you sign up, and they will match up to uh, $1,000, a $50 minimum deposit. They will match it up to $1,000. Uh, you can get in the game, 24-hour casino, all the prop uh, bets you want, all the lines you want. Let's take a look at this Sunday's action and some thoughts on some games. Tonight's game, the line moved heavily uh, from, and this is really weird, why the Colts are one-point favorites now against the Titans in Tennessee totally befuddles me. 
Don't know what's going on there with that, but I did take the Titans uh, and the minus one when that's where it was. So uh, that that's unfortunate. I could have waited and gotten the better odds, but we took them at the minus one. Uh, I've got the Browns covering the three and a half. I'll go ahead and say that I've got the total in this game at 35 to 28. 35-28, Browns win, big game on the ground. Uh, Jarvis Landry gets his first touchdown of the year. Those are my predictions for the game on Sunday. Other games to watch, you've got Seahawks, Rams. You've got the Dolphins against the Chargers. You want the Dolphins to lose there. You've got the Vegas Raiders, uh, four-point favorites at home against the Broncos. You need the Broncos to win there. Uh, and in the line in that Miami Dolphins game is they're two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Chargers. Chargers, Justin Herbert has been playing great. Need him to step up and play great there. That would help out a ton. The Steelers, uh, nope, 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 nope. I believe they are off. Uh, I am almost skipped to the... Uh, following week uh, when the Browns will uh, host the Eagles. So back-to-back home games, the line on that game is a two-point favorite for the Browns against the Eagles. Uh, So these are going to be close games. Vegas expects them to be close. I expect them to be close. I expect them to be very highly competitive. These two teams are teams that will beat you if you screw around. Browns have to handle their business, go out, take care of what they are supposed to do, go out with a good, solid, where we tell you about Stefanski all year, a good, solid, organized scheme on offense, game plan on offense, ways that you know you're going to get guys open, things that are there that you know will work, rely on them, uh, rely on this run game. Uh, and a good, uh, organized game plan from Stefanski will go a long way in this week and next week, putting them in the best position to win uh, for sure. Any other games we need to be watching? Obviously, tonight's game, uh, the Titans and the Colts. We would prefer the Colts to lose, right? Uh, as it would appear, the Titans are going to win the AFC South. Uh, other than that, I think that's it for your what you're rooting for this week. Dolphins to go down, Raiders to go down, uh, and it would be nice uh, if the Colts lost as well to the Titans, and that's tonight. Uh, thank you so much for listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. I hope you really enjoyed the interview with Henry Thomas. Uh, once I said, we again, once again, I will mention that we are working hard and working towards the YouTube, uh, Periscope, Facebook simulcast, kicking it off. We'll be getting it ready here maybe next week, even if I dare to say. Uh, but, Working on graphics, working on music, working on it all for you. Go to www.alleyesoncleveland.com. Uh, check everything out there. You can get to Bet Online straight from there now. Just click on the Bet Online uh, tab at the top. Uh, you can 
Also, leave us a review. If you hate us, that's fine. We just want to get better. If you love us, even better. It's been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. Texans edition. Week 10 edition. It's going to be a big one. I have a feeling it'll be a close one. Brown's got to pull it out. Need this one badly. Big, big difference between 6-3 and three and 5-4. and four. Massive. Massive difference. For Mikey on the ones and twos, I have been your host, Brad Ward. We are out.